to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you could please turn with me. Message is going to be taken out of 1 John chapter 4. We're going to pick up in verse 12. 1 John 4, 12. Title of the message is Love Versus Fear. Love Versus Fear. It was funny, a while back, my wife and I were at Home Depot, and I don't even remember what I was buying, but I purchased some things. We went to the register, and I paid for the merchandise with my debit card. So I, I paid for it and walked away and went outside, and I'm looking in my wallet, and my debit card is missing. And I'm looking in my pocket, so somehow it just disappeared. So I know it wasn't far from the walk to the you know, where I was at to the register. So we're looking on the floor, we're on the ground, seeing if I dropped it. And then we get back to the register where the lady behind me had a red debit card in her hands, Bank of America. And I looked at the lady and I says, excuse me, have you seen my Bank of America card? And her face turned beet red and she had guilt on her face and she was ashamed. And I'm thinking, she stole my card. And then she looked and she, she pointed in front of the counter. There's a molding that's in the middle of the counter, horizontal, and there was a bank card sitting right there. She goes, is that your card? And sure enough, somehow, after I, I paid for my, my purchase, and I put my card back, it somehow fell out of my wallet, and it fell right inside the molding. It's sitting right there. So I, I pulled it out, and I was like, oh, that's my card. I said, I am so sorry. <laughs> and I think of that story. I think about the fact that she had guilt and shame, and, I mean, it looked like she took my card, and she did nothing wrong. And I think of the fact that how often we are guilty. We feel shame. We get worried. We become fearful for things that we've never done wrong, things that will never happen, but yet we have fear. And the message of love versus fear, God wants us to be people of love, not people of fear. And there's a way to combat fears, and we're going to look at that here in our text. So if you can with me, if you can stand one more time, we're just going to, I'm going to read these few verses. So 1 John 4, Picking up in verse 12, I'm going to read uh, to verse 21, and then we'll take our message out of this. John the Apostle writes, No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him, in the Lord, and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. And we know and believe the love of God that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God who he has not seen? Last verse. And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Lord, again, we want to pray. And we pray for these words that we just read, Lord. And Lord, I pray, we pray that you would show us how these words apply to our lives personally. 
May we understand that this isn't just some book we're reading out of, but this is your word. So, Lord, may you speak to us through this. And may our hearts be ready even now to receive the message you have for us. Open up our understanding to this message. Lord, help, help us not to be distracted. Help us to focus on your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. As we've been looking at the Apostle John is the author of this book. He's the one that wrote it. He was... As we've looked at, he's probably anywhere between 90 years old when he wrote this to 100 years old. He's been talking a lot, instructing us a lot about love, the importance of love. We've been looking at how we're to love one another. We've been looking at there should be, as a believer, there should be evidence of love in our lives. We've been looking at the fact that we're not to love the world, a world system that's against God. We've been looking at how Uh, God's love was demonstrated to us at the cross. That God didn't just say he loved us in word and not demonstrate it in action. He sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. So we've been looking at this wonderful subject of love. And here we're going to look at perfect love or matured love. But it's a love that takes away fear. And as we look at that, let's look at uh, verse 12 back in our text. John the Apostle writes, No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his Holy Spirit or his spirit. Something happens to us when we give our life to Christ, as it says, his Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And we know that his love's perfected. That word, we looked at it last week, perfected means mature. And and God expects us to to have a love that grows, a a maturing love, a, a love that increases. And our love should increase not only for God, but our love should increase for others. Our love should increase for those that don't know the Lord, those that are, uh, that are not Christians yet. And it should grow. It should be something that increases. That word again, perfected, is matured. And we should have that matured love. I have to say, when I first met my wife, there was fireworks. It was love at first sight. She, fe- she fell madly in love with me. <laughs> and the feeling was mutual. But there was, there was, it was fireworks. I, I just, you know, I didn't date for five years. Believe it or not, I did not date for five years. She didn't date for 10 years. We met each other. We saw each other. I saw her at the church, Calvary Costa Mesa, and I looked into her eyes, and it was like, It was. And then she had a purity ring on on her wedding finger. And I'm thinking, oh, no, she looks like she might be married. And I was like, wait, no. And, and I was like, stop. And it was like, but then I found out she wasn't married. It was just it was fireworks. It was just like love at first sight. It was wonderful. Next month, September 16th, we're going to celebrate our 17-year anniversary. Yeah, praise God. Not even a spark now. No, 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 no. <laughs> That was a joke. That was a joke. The love has grown deeper. I can honestly say, standing up here, our love is deeper, richer, more mature. It's growing through our laughs through the years and our tears through the years, our losses through the years, our, our good times and our bad times. The, the love that we have is, is much, 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 much more mature than it was when we first met. 
I mean, even to measure it, I'd say, you know, when I met her, yeah, it was fireworks and up to, you know, the love probably went past the ceiling, but I can honestly say standing here, it's gone past the skies. It's gone past, it's just, it's deeper and richer than I would ever imagine because it's an maturing love. It's a God's love we have for one another. You know, when I was in the world, it was never like that. Before I became a Christian, I would meet uh, I would meet a woman, and it would be like, oh, wow, this is great. And it was an infatuation, really. But then guess what? It went down and down and down and worse and worse and worse. And it's like, why did, what did I even see in this person? Because it wasn't true love. When I met Jesus Christ, and he became my Lord and Savior, fireworks. You see, I came from darkness. I came from terrible sin. I, I came from a life just was corrupt and me and selfish. And my life revolved around me and what I wanted. But then when I met Jesus Christ and he came to live inside of me, he turned on the light and darkness had to flee. And I became a child of God. And he, he washed me and he cleansed me and he made me new. And he gave me a fresh start as we sang that song, I've been redeemed. God's redeemed me, and God has redeemed many of you. But listen, as great as that was when I first met Jesus Christ, I can tell you the love I have for him and the love relationship we have, it's a hundredfold, it's a thousandfold, it's 10,000fold. Why? Because the more I get to know him, the more I read about him, the more I spend time with him, I realize God is love, and this love has increased. But we're to have that increased love for one another. And let me tell you, it's easy for me to love people that are lovable. It's easy for me to love my wife. But it's not so easy to love people that aren't very lovable, is it? But in the Bible, we're instructed to love even our enemies. We're to love everybody, and not just with love. And we're going to look at the scripture that, that backs this up. It's supposed to increase I shared about my neighbor, how our, our neighbor's, you know, just difficult to live with. And how, remember, I was driving in at nighttime, and it's dark outside, and he's at the end of the street, and he's got a flashlight in the middle of the street, and he's shining it in my eyes and in my wife's eyes. Can I tell you, I didn't feel very lovable at the time. And just the different things he's done, you know, walk, walking in my house when I'm not home, and that kind of crazy stuff when I have contractors at the house, and he feels, you know, at liberty just to walk in my house when, you know, that's not easy to love people like this. But you know what I do? I pray, Lord, give me your heart for him. Give me your eyes for him. Help me to love him, because I know in your word, your word says that my love's supposed to mature. And listen, it's, it, if it's just... A love you can manufacture, it's not God's love. Remember last week I mentioned something about maybe you should bake cookies for your neighbor or do something like this. And, and I had stirred some people up. So I'm not baking cookies for her. <laughs> and I understand. But see, it's not a love that we can manufacture. You see, God is love and he increases as we submit ourselves to him, as we, as we look to him, it's his love working through us. We can actually be a conduit of love, but we can restrict that love when we restrict it for whatever reason, bitterness or hurt or pain or jealousy or, or envy or, or whatever it is, pride. We say, no, I'm not convinced we're restricting God. Instead of saying, God, I can't love this person. It's impossible. I don't even think you love this person, but I know you do. Use me as an instrument of love. His believers were to have a maturing love. That word perfected means maturing. Paul the Apostle, a verse to back it up, Paul the Apostle said, 1 Thessalonians 3.12, and may the Lord, listen to this, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love. 
Did you notice that? May the Lord make you increase and abound in, can we say that word together? Love. May the Lord do it. it see, it's not something we can manufacture. It says, and may the Lord make you increase. And that's the, our prayer, and that's the prayer Paul had for those in Thessalonica, that their love would increase, that the Lord would make our love increase. And that's a good prayer for, for yourself. Lord, may your love increase and abound in love. Do you notice to who, to who we're to love? It says, to one another, right? And can we read the last three, the, the next three uh, words? And to, can we say it again? And to all. That's everybody. May our love increase, not just to one another. In the, because if it just said to one another, we could say, well, just people in the church, let's just love one another. But to everybody, yes. And Paul says, just as we do to you. Paul says, the love that I've shown to you, the love I have for you, this increased love that I demonstrate to you, I can't stop thinking about you. I can't stop praying about you. I love you so much. And my prayer is that that love that God has given me, he would give that same love to you, that you will love one another. You love those that are not lovable, that you'll love everybody. I read that. I don't know about you, but I say, amen, Lord. Give me more of that love. Is there anyone here that's perfected in this love that you can say, I got it down pat? Is there anybody here? No. Paul also said to those in Philippi, Philippians 1.9, he says, and to this I pray. So he's praying for those in Philippi. What does he pray? That your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment. That your love may abound. It may increase. That, that word abound uh, is to excel exceedingly. To excel exceedingly in all knowledge, and all discernment. We're to be wise when we love. It's not this lovey-dovey, gushy-wishy stuff the world has. It's like, oh, I love you, I love you, and it, just love, and just, we're just it's like this love bug. We're just like, you know, can you come over? Oh, yeah, anything you want. Oh, they want me over there. Oh, yeah, anything you want. And it's not this crazy, weird stuff. It's, it's with discernment, and it's with knowledge. It's like, oh, yeah, I know you want me to move out of state and live with you, but uh, sorry, well, the Bible says I can't live with you and all this kind of stuff. But you know what? I do love you, and I'm praying for you. It's with knowledge and discernment. It's, it's according to the word of God. It's according to what God wants. But it's still love. Let's look back in our text, verse 12. Well, be, and before we even get to that, as we look at this here, right? when someone's angry with us, when someone gets upset with us, that's a good time to demonstrate God's love because it's not your love. When someone blows up at you, that's a good, you know, it's almost impossible I remember years ago when I was in the water meter business, we were doing a job in uh, it was Westland, Michigan. We changed out the water meters. And so we, we had a project to change out all the water meters. We had to go in every home and go in their basements and change out the meter, put in the reading devices. And so we, it was a, a wonderful you know, contract we had. The lady that was the liaison, she's the city worker, one of the city officials. She was my contact. I was the, the manager of the project. So she called me up one morning, and she just went off. She's blowing up at me. She's just getting upset. She's just, like, you know, tearing me up and down because one of our guys made a mistake. You know, it wasn't just a little mistake, right? She says, well, from now on, you're going to have to do this, and you're going to have to do that, and I want you to do this, and I want you to fax me every morning this and that and this and this, and she's going on this whole list of things. It's just, I'm looking at the phone like, this is ridiculous. You know, that's not in our contract. We don't have to do this. And I'm like, Lord. So I'm praying and praying, and I felt the Lord and his Holy Spirit just say, he said, love her. And I'm like, excuse me, God, can you love her? I can't love her. (laughs) 
And I said, you know, we work for you. Whatever you want, if that's what you need, we'll, we'll get that for you. We'll do that. You know, I'm, I know it's going to cost the company. I didn't tell her this, but it costs the company extra money, but that's okay. So I said, yeah. I says, we work for you, ma'am. Whatever you say, I understand. We'll, we'll do that. Thank you. And I, I still, please, I apologize for our, our mistake. We'll, we'll make it right, and we'll do what you, you want. I hang up the phone. I go to my secretary, Becky. I told her what she wants. She started yelling. She goes, we can't do that. That's ridiculous. I'll call her right now. I said, no, no, we'll do it. That's okay. We'll, we'll do it. Do you know, within the hour, I get a phone call from this lady. Listen to this. This lady calls me back in tears, this city official. She says, Joe, I want to apologize for my attitude. She says, what I, my request was totally wrong, totally uncalled for. My attitude is totally wrong. She says, my father's in the hospital, dying in one hospital. My mother's across town. She's dying in another hospital. She said, I'm really going through a difficult time. I am so sorry. I'm not getting any sleep. Will you please forgive me? And that opened a huge door for me to say, you know what, I'm a Christian, and I will be praying. What is your, your parents' names? I'm going to be praying for them. And no need to apologize. I understand. I'm sorry you're going through this. And she just started weeping, and I said, let me pray for you, and just opened up a wonderful door to minister. You see, the world is starving for love. They don't know true love. They, they think love is just this sexual, you know, we made love and all this other stuff. No, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is, it, is not puffed up, does not provoke. It's, it's not provoked. It thinks no evil. The love of God is so powerful. We have it. And God wants us to abound in it. So let's go to the next, next verse. Verse 14, it says, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. Did you notice? This is John saying we've seen and testified. John was living during the time that Jesus walked the earth, and he's saying we have testified. We know that the Father sent his Son, Jesus. And look at this. And whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. My question to everybody here, have you confessed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do we all believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Have you done it publicly? Have you publicly said, you know what, I'm a Christian. Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. I'm born of his Holy Spirit. I know God sent his Son to die for me. The J word. Do you know this world, they, they talk of tolerance and we're to be tolerant and they, let's tolerate everyone. Let's tolerate these people because they're born this way. Let's tolerate those people because of this and let's tolerate, to, tolerate this group and let's tolerate this group. Do you notice the one group no one wants to be tolerant with? The Christians. Do you realize that? It's like, oh no, those Christians, are those, you, know, they're, you know, they're just so narrow and they're just saying it's Jesus is the only way. And well, that's what God said. Have you confessed the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? See, if you confess with your mouth, there's a great verse that goes with this. I want to put it up on the screen. It says, Romans, Paul the Apostle writes this. He says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be, can we say that together? Saved. Then it goes on to say, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto, can we say the last part? Salvation. If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I hope everyone in this room has confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord 
of all. Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Have you done that? And have you done it publicly? You know, there's no such thing as a, a closet Christian. I remember when I first got saved, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I went to work, and I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm going to my office, and my secretary's there, the, the guys are there, and, and I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. I became a Christian. My life has changed. And I'm like, I, I feel like a closet Christian. I got to tell these guys. I remember the day I asked my secretary to come in. I says, can I talk to you for a minute? And, and she says, yeah. I says, yeah, sit down, you know. And so she sat down across from my desk. I, I said, you know, I want you to know something. The person that you're looking at is a different person. And she's like, do, 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 do. <laughs> I says, no, I'm serious. I, I know it sounds crazy, but I'm not the same person. I've changed. I've accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. He's forgiven me of my sins. I'm a new person. You know what she said? She goes, well, that's good for you. In other words, yeah, that's good for you. Don't push this on me. That's good for you. I said, I just want to tell you that. That's all. Have a good day. Just wanted you to know. God loves you too. He wants to save you. Do you know I couldn't stop talking about Jesus? Why? Because he's my best friend. My sister used to talk about Jesus all the time. It used to drive me crazy. I'm like, don't you talk about anything else? She goes, yeah, I talk about all kinds of stuff. I said, yeah, you talk about all kinds of stuff, but it always ends up with Jesus. And she says, well, I can't help. Jesus is in the center of my life. He's done so much in my life. He's my best friend. And I used to think, she's a Jesus freak. Guess what? I'm a Jesus freak now. See, when you love someone so much, you, let's say you're, you know, you're, getting, you're engaged with somebody, and hopefully you love them so much, or you're married to someone, hopefully you love them so much, you talk about them wherever you go, confessing that he's Lord. There's no other name given to man that he might be saved there's only one name, and it's Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can save. Have you confessed him, and have you confessed him publicly? And you might say, Pastor, why would we have to do this publicly? Well, Matthew 10, 32 says, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But listen this, listen. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Confession means, that to confess means that to say the same as. It, it means to it be in agreement with. So it's not just saying, oh yeah, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died on the cross. No, no, no. You're saying the same as the Bible saying. You're saying that he's Lord and he's Lord of your life and you're, you're confessing him before men. Something powerful happens when you, knew, you use the name of Jesus. Do you know that? Hopefully we all know that. You can say just about anything. I've been in conversations with people. You just talk about this, talk about that, talk about... Even politics is tough these days. It's a little tough. I'll give you that. But when you talk about Jesus Christ, it changes the whole atmosphere because there's no other name given on men that we might be saved. At the name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says, every tongue will confess that he is Lord and every knee will bow to him. I choose to bow my knee and I choose to confess him as Lord before eternity, before I step into heaven. Have you confessed him as Lord, as Savior of your life? Someone once said either he's Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Is he Lord of all? Hopefully he is, and if not, he can be. He wants to be. He's knocking on the door of your heart. The Bible says if anyone opens that door, he'll come live inside of them. He'll, he'll abode with them. And he's knocking, he's knocking. He's saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you. I love you. Let me into your life. Let me be one with you. Let me change you. Let me wash you and cleanse you. Let me take away the sin that separates you from me. I love you. And then he says, when you 
receive. When you receive me into your life, just confess me. Back in our text, verse 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is the Lord Jesus, so are we in this world. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.